we're going to do $2 million of revenue this month, which is our best month ever. Uh, and almost all of it is from customers that were here in October and November. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Olin Hyde. He's the CEO and co-founder at Lead Crunch AI, one of the fastest-growing martechs in history. They're ranked number two in marketing in the marketing industry, number 35 overall in the 2020 Inc. 5000. He was a finalist for EY Entrepreneur of 2020 in San Diego. He's an ADEX serial entrepreneur with two exits. Olin, you ready? To, Olin, you ready to take us to the top? I am. Thank you so much, Nate. All right. So, t- first off. You have a very interesting billing model. Before we get to that, because I think it's the future, I want to talk about what Lead Crunch is for those that missed the first one. What do you do for B2B SaaS companies? So Lead Crunch is a B2B marketing platform that finds the ideal targets and then delivers the ideal audiences based on buying signals. So we find your ideal customer profile and then detect the buying signals that indicate those ideal prospects need your product or service. So you might track the clicks of that person through the web and notice they're looking at your competitor pages. This is sort of reminds you a lot of like what Eric at Bombora is doing. Is it similar? We are complementary to Bombora. Bombora is doing what's really called intent. And it's around looking for things on the web. What we're looking for is we look at about 40 billion data points on about 10 million companies. Okay. And you can think of our technology as modeling out how companies fit into each other's supply chain. So we're actually looking at things like, is your company an early adopter? Is your company have a high need for communication services? Is your company have a high cybersecurity threat? These are the things you can't look up on a database, and they're the things that would augment what Bombora is doing. Yeah. Now you're not charging a lot of SaaS companies. They have churn issues because they charge a flat fee per month and whatever the utility is doesn't actually get used. And then people churn. You said, screw that. We're going to bill on a CPL, a cost per lead model. Tell me about that. Yeah, we really believe in billing on actionable intelligence. And when you're generating demand for your company, uh, it's not a commodity. People are not commodities. They have different values. And so when we first started, we thought, well, we should really charge a percentage of customer lifetime value or a percentage of customer acquisition cost. And we found early in our history that we couldn't get that data. in Hard any to track. Way. Hard to track. So what we decided to do is charge on a cost per lead basis, 
where we can estimate the general cost of customer acquisition, the general value of that lead across a campaign. And so the good news is that our net revenue retention, which is a, a metric a lot of SaaS companies track, it's about 138% quarter to quarter. Mm-hmm. So that, and it started off much lower than that. I think the last time we spoke, I, we didn't want to reveal it because it was probably below 100%. And it's, it's crept up. Yeah, you said in 2017, 100%, and then in 2019, 130%. Um, peel that onion back for me, though, today. So 138% quarter over quarter. What, you know, two components make that up gross, you know, dollar turn on gross basis and then expansion on a dollar basis. What are those two metrics? Most of it is expansion. We mm-hmm. actually are our, our uh, gross revenue retention, which would be you can think of that as uh, the logos from prior quarter spending in this quarter is only at about eighty mm-hmm. percent, and that's because we had a big dip in the first half of the year. Wait, uh, what do you mean by that? A- only eighty percent churn? No, uh, that would be if you have a hundred customers uh, in the first quarter. And they spend $100 each. The next quarter, $100 still spent each, but only 80 of them are buying. So we we lose uh, about 20% of our existing uh, uh, logo revenue per month, while the other side's growing at you know almost 40%. So same same customer revenue increases dramatically. Whereas the overall customer base is shifting as we move from SMB into the enterprise, we're dropping off some of our less than ideal customers right now. So, Olin, so let's our- move away from logo churn because of that trend. That's why right. I want to dig on onto dollar churn. So I'm going to use your same exact example: 100 customers today paying 100 bucks a month. Next month, 80 churn. But the ones that are left are not hopefully still only paying 100 bucks a month. Ideally, they've expanded. That's what I want to no. know. Yeah, it's not an eighty churn. It would be a twenty percent. Sorry, that's what I meant. But you get my point. Yeah, yeah, and and the and the others are paying in some cases uh, six, seven times X. But what is it? I mean, when you take the total revenue amount from those one hundred in one month, and then the next month a portion of them churn, cancel revenue, and then they expand by X dollars. What's the churn on a revenue basis and the expansion on a revenue basis? We don't track it like that. And I could certainly pull those numbers. I don't have them off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, got it. So, so basically, what you're telling me is net net a cohort from a year ago or a quarter ago is paying 138 percent more because they're using more. They're using you more, more leads. Correct. That's yeah. on a net net basis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, last time we spoke, you know, you were testing some different uh, uh, customer sort of generation inbound methods. Talk to me today. How are you getting new customers, and how many customers do you have? You know, we we're going to do two million dollars of revenue this month, which is our best month ever. Uh, and almost all of it is from customers that were here in October and November. Unfortunately, we have not been able to do a lot of marketing because we've been so busy just keeping up with demand from current customers. We track our inbound leads through a multi-touch attribution method. And uh, of our current, uh, we, have, we will run about 150 campaigns this month. Uh, uh, rather, 150 different companies will be running campaigns for this month. 74 of them are new customers in the past six months. Mm-hmm. And of those 74, about 40 of them are from inbound marketing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so 40 new inbound. And, and what's the general size of the initial contract folks spend with you? You know, the first month, they pay Great you X. Question. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we don't like to do anything less than 10,000, and that's really going away. The average right now for a first-time order is around 50,000. Okay. And, and how many leads would you deliver them if this is a tool like monday.com or ClickUp, a pro- team productivity tool? Yeah, I love ClickUp. Their San Diego company just raised $100 million in their Series B. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so well, not just that it was one of the fastest rounds I've seen from they just they just literally two months ago did a $33 million round at a five, you know, half billion valuation, then 100 million at a billion value as fast as I've ever seen that happen. Yeah, well, I'm going to buy your report just to see. the number. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a plug for you. Yeah. So, so uh, your I think your question was, what is our price per lead? Yeah, it depends upon the specification. So it can be as low as say 50. And our most expensive that we've ever sold is 1,200 per lead. You can can per lead. So you can think of an average of around 75 is is a number that what was the low end? The low end is around 50. Okay. So 50 to 1200 average 75. Interesting. Okay. What's, what's a $1,200 lead? Like what is it like a fint, like a hedge fund or something? Yeah. Yeah. What is a hedge fund? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's somebody selling, uh, very, very expensive things, maybe like airplanes or uh, oh. financial packages to large corporations, those type of things. They're not big lead packages. They take a lot of work to go through. And so that package may only include, say, uh, 100 leads, but mm-hmm. they're very expensive. Well, listen, congrats on the growth. I mean, last time you were on in 2019, you were doing about you know 20 million in terms of 1.6, 1.7 million a month. You're now up to 2 million a month or 24 sort of run rate. So, so right. congrats on the growth and a tough year for everybody. Have you raised additional capital? We have not. Well, the last raise we did was about uh, two years ago, I think. Yep. Uh, we still have plenty of dry powder in the bank. Uh, we, uh, we are profitable for the past three months. Oh, wow. How much? Can I ask how much? Uh, yeah, our, uh, this month we'll have about 400,000 of EBITDA on yeah. uh, about 2 million of revenue. Oh, and how on earth does your board who wants you reinvesting in growth, let you sit on a 40, well, not 40%, a little, uh, 20% EBITDA margin. 20% EBITDA. Yeah. So I think that our philosophy is we've really been inspired by John Singleton and the whole theory of cash management. So we will spend money aggressively when we know we can get growth that is responsible and sustainable. Uh, I really am a big fan of managing uh, expenses. We've been very capital efficient. You know, our company's raised a total of about $20 million and have revenues that are similar to companies that have raised $100 million. Yeah. So I think there's such a thing, and this applies to me. I'm not saying this is true for everybody. There's such a thing as raising too much money. Uh, there's, it creates problems for founders where you can't clear preferences. Uh, there's a problem with raising money at too high a valuation. So from our perspective, we really want to deliver remarkable returns to our investors, and we want to raise the right amount of money to capture the market. And you can expect us to do a round in another year that would be a large Series C. And what we're using our capital now for is what I call small bets. Let's go out and see what channels work for us. And when we start to see one work a lot, we'll spend a lot of money on it. It will pay for itself. And then we know what we'll do with our Series C. Your last run, I believe, was an $11 million round in 2018. Is that right? Yeah, it was about, I think, a little bit more than that. But that's the ballpark. Yeah. And, and sold sort of the what you see most companies sell, something like 10 to 15% of the business? Yeah, it's a little bit more than that. I think that we raised twelve point five. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any secret. Our, uh, our post-money valuation was... Uh, 
56 million. Okay. And if you go out in 2021 and try and raise, what valuation do you think you can command? Obviously, the combination of metrics plus your ability to storytell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that that's the job of the VCs. Uh, I can tell you in general, I'm not interested in raising a round that's not, uh, you know, it, it's got to be a big enough round for us to take the company all the way to an IPO. Mm-hmm. And and I think in our world that's a number north of uh, thirty million and less than say sixty million. Yeah, I know that's a big range, but that's a that's the ballpark that we expect uh, the valuation to justify. Yeah. So 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 what you're saying is you want to get a check size in of thirty to sixty million without selling more than call it fifteen percent of the business. So you really need to angle to figure out can you get you know a fifteen to twenty x multiple on a twenty four million run rate or something like a three hundred to four hundred million dollar post money valuation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think we'd be willing to take a little bit more uh, dilution than what you just outlined. I okay. think that ten to 15% is pretty aggressive. You know, VCs, when you aggressive or conservative, money, you'd sell more than 15% for 30 million? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I reverse that. I, 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 it depends upon pr- the perspective, which side you're on the yep. table for what's conservative. I, I think that, you know, the Good VCs add a tremendous amount of value and add a lot to your exit value uh, because they've done it a lot of times. They, they bring a lot of experience. And so I think that it's more important to get the right team than the ideal valuation. And I've seen a lot of companies, again, raise a too high valuation or raise too much money and they uh, can afford to be stupid or make more mistakes. I think there's a real value in capital efficiency we're not seeing that in the market right now simply because there's so much money on the street. But I think in a couple years from now, uh, likely the business cycle will be at the stage where capital efficiency is, uh, is people will pay a premium for it. Yeah. And talk to me about team today. How many folks on the team? 35. 35. Okay. How many engineers? Well, we separate our product engineering, our code engineering, and our data science. So let's treat all of them the same. Yep. 12. 12. Okay. And how many quota carrying sales reps? Five. Interesting. Okay. So these, these are down since 2019. I, and maybe you were, so you told me 72 in 2019, you're down to 35. Now you cut your engineering staff in half and you kept the same number of sales reps. It sounds like. Yeah. It's actually, we were at 75 and then I did three layoffs. Okay. Tell me about those. Those are tough. Yeah. It's painful. So the, we went into Q1, things were looking great. Q1, 2020. Q2, the floor fell out from underneath us. Um, And we were in the wrong place in the market. And we had already started the migration into the enterprise accounts. And we really had a tough second quarter. We basically lost the quarter. So this year, we're going to end the year about exactly where we were last year. Uh, So it's, you know, the kind of a jokingly way to say it is flat is the new up. The second half of this year has just been amazing growth for us. But the first half was the other direction. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is, unfortunately, I think the skills uh, that get you to 10 million are a lot different than the skills that get you to 20, 30, 40 million. And we had some amazing team members that we'd outgrown or they had outgrown us. And we really wanted to pare our team down. And one of the key metrics that I use is, is I think of valuation per employee. So you can think of that as how much uh, gross, how much revenue per employee, what's your gross margin uh, per employee. And so we wanted to increase that a lot and really pare our team down to have a smaller team 
where we were a lot more efficient and we could go a lot faster in one direction. And that's something that we were successful in doing. And now it's time to start building the team back up. $24 million run rate, 35 employees puts you at, again, way above average, $685,000 in revenue per employee. Average in public companies, you see about $195,000 in revenue per employee in the SaaS space. So it makes sense yeah. there. Where will your next hires be, you think? Well, we've got nine open positions right now. Uh, we're going to expand our sales team. Uh, we're going to expand our engineering team. And we're going to expand our product team. Absolutely. So it's really the the you know the old mantra that I uh, who was it uh, Peter Drucker said a company has two functions marketing and engineering. I would say the company has two functions sales and product engineering, and that's where we want to focus on right now. All right, Alan, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one favorite business book. Out uh, the outsiders. Yep. Yeah. You know, it does not surprise me you would say that book with how you talk about capital efficiency and singleton. Number right. number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Many. Uh, everyone should be following Reed Hastings and Jeff Bezos. They're two of the smartest guys ever. Um, but there's many. There's a few local ones here that I love a lot, too. So, you know, I think uh, Doug Winter over at Seismic's doing a remarkably good job. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building lead crunch besides your own? <laughs> Wow, there's a lot of those too. I'm really in love with, uh, it sounds so simple, but we couldn't live without uh, the Google Office Suite, the mm-hmm. Google Docs and that so forth. It's just, it's amazing what you can get done with that and, and Slack. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? I get at least eight and I measure my sleep with a Whoop tracker. Um, you know, fortunately during this pandemic, I lost 25 pounds and got in shape. And, uh, if it can be measured, I like to measure it. And I measure my sleep and really pay attention to make sure I get eight hours of sleep a night. And Ellen, what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? Uh, married with adopted kids. How many so, kids? Uh, three nieces and one nephew. Uh, a lot of them have started to grow out of the house now. Uh, we've got one that's graduating from college. One, two that are in college, and then we've got an eight-year-old. Okay, but you, you, so you've adopted four kids. Yeah, we're guardians, so oh, they, wow. they time between us and and their parents. How and cool. so we, uh, It takes a village to raise these kids. I love that. Okay, and how old are you? I am fifty-five years of age. Last question: What do you wish you knew when you were twenty? I wish someone at twenty would have said, "It's not enough to be smart. The only thing that really matters is hard work," and don't misinterpret your luck with skill. Guys, there you have it. Olin Hyde leadcrunch.ai. They did 2.4 million in revenue back in 2017, have since scaled in 2019 up to about 20 million in revenue. In 2020, this year, they're now doing $2 million a month. So healthy growth rate year over year. They're also profitable, $400,000 per month for about a 20% EBITDA margin. They're also scaling their uh, team size down. So they're more capital efficient, generating almost $700,000 in revenue per employee before they look to scale next year, targeting a $30 million round at somewhere around a $200 or $300 million valuation. Olin, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan. Have a great day.